What are the trends for the mattress industry in 2021? We'll be talking about that with Kurt Ling, principal of Posh and Lavish on episode 14 of the Pete Primo Show. The show is brought to you by my fa free Facebook group, Pete Primo Sales and Marketing. Find out more at PetePrimo.com. This week's guest is Kurt Ling, a legend in the industry. Kurt not only uh, is a principal of Posh and Lavish, but he also uh, founded the company uh, Pure Latex Bliss, and he was instrumental in the development of the non-flip uh, mattress when he was at Simmons. A lot of people will just say, that Kurt invented it and Kurt is so humble that he will always correct people and say, no, I helped to lead a team that developed the no flip industry, uh, the no flip mattress, which actually changed the industry. So Kurt, good morning. I am uh, a little bit awestruck here. This is our first time talking and uh, you're a legend in the industry and uh, you're making me a little bit nervous with your greatness here, brother. Well, don't, don't, don't think that at all. I, and I enjoy being on your show. I love to tell our story and it should be a fun, it should be a fun time. So let's start, you know, obviously you're an innovator. Um, and let's, you know, how, how, where, my, Mike, my, my, the best question I could ask you is, you know, for somebody that wants to be more creative, where do you find inspiration? You've created so much, and I guess that's why you're kind of legendary in this industry. You've created so much at different times. How do you find the inspiration for for all this creativity, or or were you just born naturally creative? Well, you know, I don't know if it's as much creative as, as it is curious, really. Uh, one of my greatest you know, fun things to do is just to kind of find holes in things. And that sounds odd, but that's exactly what it is. I, I love to go out and, and find something that's just, you know, literally a hole waiting to be filled because there's opportunities in all of those. And, and that's fun for me. That, that literally is, is like a hobby. You look around and you're like, you know, people don't use this the way that it's supposed to be used or, you know, just being a good listener goes a long ways, by the way. You know, there's there's just so <laughs> yeah. many people that constantly have a comment about, you know, boy, I think this should be this way. Or isn't it silly that, that you know, something is this way and it should be the other. And if you listen and you're just curious at all, the next thing you know is you find out that, you know, there's just holes that are meant to be filled. And, you know, sometimes it's creating those holes, I think. But literally i i think if i have an expertise it's it's not finding it's not finding something super creative it's finding a hole that has to be filled and in that's an opportunity whether it be you know the a mattress that people don't want to flip or you know in the land of luxury these days just doing something that's actually really different than what everybody else is doing that has a value equation attached that you know helps us helps other you know helps the consumer and, and most importantly helps the retailer Let's talk about that for just a second, Kurt. Um, is it true that the inspiration for the for the no flip actually came out of the warranty department, or was that just a story that you guys developed after the fact? 
<laughs> no, that was, you know, we, I remember this is like 1999. So this is a few years ago. Uh, but I met with the warranty crew and we talked about all sorts of things, everything from handles on beds to, you know, like everything under the sun. But I was just curious. I mean, I was curious what they knew. And the next thing I know, as we do that, we start talking about flipping the mattress. And I never really thought about flipping a mattress, mostly because I'd never flipped one in my life, which is kind of funny all by itself, you know. But <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sure, listening eh? to these ladies that talk with consumers every single day. And what they were talking about was the things that people broke. And I thought, wow, that's like, that's amazing to me. And, and you know, they started with, or they started down this path of, you know, there are people that literally wait for their kids to come home for the holidays to help them flip their mattress. <laughs> I thought, well, how, wow, can't wait to go home to mom and dad to help them flip their bed. But then it got more interesting that, I mean, they, you know, talked about, you know, the mattress would, you know, they get it up and then it would fall over and it would break a phone when people had landlines back then or break the alarm clock or break the ceiling fan or break the post off a four poster bed. And, and I remember just making a note of that. It was like, you know, like I had never, ever flipped a mattress and I thought I should, but the more fascinating part of it was that wasn't the problem is, you know, it wasn't about reminding people to do it often. It wasn't about any of that. It literally was about nobody wants to do this. And I remember doing a research project with a bunch of consumers in a focus group room, you know, saying, you know, what is it about this that you like and what is it that you don't like? And you, the easiest thing to say at the beginning of that was eight out of eight people in every single one of those groups, nobody wanted to ever flip a mattress. I mean, nobody woke up in the morning and say, I can't wait to flip my mattress this week. And, yeah. you know, from there, it, it, you know, from there, the rest is history with, and it literally is a lot of really important people along the way that helped shape that project. Cause that sounds like a really simple insight. So you just go make a no flip mattress. And it wasn't that way at all. I mean, if you, if you didn't have the density of foam, right in that mattress. And if you didn't have a bottom layer below those coils that wouldn't sink into a foundation, you know, like it, this was not, not chop the ballot and no fill mattress. It, it was a whole lot of R and D to get to something that was a great mattress beyond that. But, you know, when, when we finished that whole project, the most interesting thing was, and we didn't get this in the original research, we went out and, and talked to people and said, you know, here's a mattress, you don't have to flip it. What do you think? And the most fascinating thing to me was, was we discovered guilt as an emotion, which was just the most unexpected thing to me in the world. There were people that, that knew they had a body impression and they didn't blame the mattress because it had a body impression necessarily, or at least first, they actually blamed themselves. And, you know, I, I remember learning a long time ago that emotions actually are much greater sales opportunities than, than, you know, rational thinking. But it was so fascinating to me because, you know, we're talking to people in the first set of focus groups about the rational things about flipping, how often, what do you break, whatever that is. And the next thing you know is we actually present a solution to them and say, you don't have to flip this mattress. And it almost without, without exception, the first words out of their mouths were, were, you know, I don't have to feel bad about that anymore. And we were like, wow, where did that come from? Because we'd never heard it at the beginning. And so, you know, I think we solved a rational problem, but we also solved an emotional issue that nobody even knows they have. And we didn't know they have. It was fascinating. It was great. It's a great, great yeah. time. Love those years. Yep. Yeah. So who are your favorite innovators? Who do you take inspiration from? Yeah, 
uh, these days, my favorite innovators are Apple, Dyson, and Tesla. And I mean, you can give Apple lots of credit for lots and lots and lots of reasons, but every time they introduce a new iPhone and you go get people standing on the street, you know, in lines in front of an Apple store to spend $800 or $1,000, you know, for something that we literally used to get for free if we signed up for a contract, like, you know, A plus to them, uh, you know, both yeah. in terms of product and in terms of retail. But the craziest part about that one to me isn't the fact that you have people that spend seven or $800 for a phone. It's that they do it every few years. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that, that is the world of retail. We, we have friends that are car dealers and it's the same thing. It's not about selling somebody one thing one time. It's about how do you get somebody to, to buy something, be satisfied, come back and do it over and over again. And one of the things that you got to give Apple a lot of credit for, whether, you, whether you're an Apple fan or not an Apple fan, is they're just brilliant at raising the bar in technology. They're brilliant at raising a price point. I mean, if, if any of us a year or 10 years ago thought we'd pay $1,000 for a phone, wait in line for it for you know, two hours and come back and replace it two years later, I think we'd all be shaking our heads. And yet every time they introduce a phone, you know, there's everybody at. So the Dyson, yeah. I, I love Dyson because, you know, I think of vacuuming is absolutely a chore. And what they yeah. did that, that is brilliant is they know there are people that actually enjoy vacuuming their house. And, you know, they've got people that'll pay $700 for a vacuum cleaner. So, you know, same kind of thing. They completely reinvent what it looks like. They reinvent the way it works. But what they're really brilliant at is they know that there's a customer that enjoys vacuuming and will spend a lot of money because of it. And, you know, that's, that's just brilliant on so many fronts. You know, go tap into somebody that enjoys what most people do as, or think of as, as drudgery and, and get them to spend a lot of money for it because it's, it's better and it's worth it and, and they wouldn't have it any other way. And then are so incredibly brand loyal that they don't want anything else. Um, and then the last one's Tesla. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 56 and the funniest part of that is I remember being 16 years old and getting a driver's license and I remember being 18 years old and you just couldn't wait for a car to start up and have some sound, you know? And I always call it rev up or vroom. You know, it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna make some noise and we're gonna take off. And, you know, it, what they've done is, is brilliant. You know, every young person that we know aspires to own a Tesla. It has no rev, it has no room, but it does drive itself. And that's George Jetson. And it's brilliant. And, um, you know, the same story, they're not shy about asking money for something that's incredibly innovative and, and, and changing all the rules, really. I, I, yeah. I kind of like cars and I always, I look at their cars and I'm like, I don't find them really attractive, honestly. And it doesn't matter because everybody that I know that's less than 30 years old, that's what they aspire to own no matter what they have. So it's fascinating to me. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Listen, we got to get to the 2021, um, piece of it, but I, I, yeah. I can't get there without asking you a few more questions. So sure. what is Listen, probably when you launched the non-flip, you changed the industry. You bring in latex into people's life. And I know that you don't like that word. You guys say rubber. 
bringing rubber into people's lives that is better to sleep on, that is less chemicals, more support, uh, more comfort. What is the secret to launching in your yeah. mind? Yeah, I mean, you've launched successfully companies, products, all kinds of things. How do, how do you launch successfully? What is the key? Well, I think from a product standpoint, Pete, the key is the product actually has to be different. And, and I don't mean a little bit different. It has to be really different. I mean, to, to launch something well, you know, the more different the product is, the more unique the product is, the easier the launch is going to be. Uh, with, with a product that actually really is unique, I think you actually have to have a benefit that's as unique. And, and it, but a really easy story to tell. I, mean, I think sometimes, sometimes where we get into trouble is we come up with something that's very different with a new benefit, but it's actually a really hard story to tell. And, you know, hard story to tell is, is almost like we'll cross that one off our list because if people can't easily understand it, then the chance that it's going to be a great launch is, is just low. Um, and then no different than the stories we just told with Beauty Rest. It, at the end of the day, you know, we, we have to tell stories. I mean, we, we have to tell you what the problem is, what, what your problem is, what somebody else's problem is. Um, I was, I was told a long, long time ago that people relate to relevant things, but sometimes they don't even know what their things are. So if you can find the relevant things that, that they want, then the next thing you know is, you know, the rest of it's easy. So if you have a product that's actually I like to use a, the word different platform. I'm not sure that that's exactly right, but you know, something that's, that's not a tweak or not, not a version or not another, you know, iteration, but something that's actually really different. If you've got that and you can tell that story and it's an easy story to understand, the next thing you know is, is the launch is fantastic. And I love innovation. I love bringing new idea life. I actually, the adventure of that is like the greatest sporting event that's on TV to me. There's just something fascinating about, you know, here's a whole world that's waiting for something to happen. And the next thing you know is you come up with something that really is different. And what follows the really is different is something that, you know, boom, takes off because it was so easy for people to understand. Yeah, one of the most striking things in my career was walking down a hallway and the first time I saw Pure Tally Bliss, I about fell over. I had never <laughs> seen anything that looked like that. Yeah. And I immediately um, jumped into the showroom. I announced myself and I said, I'm sorry, I'm a rep for blah, blah, blah. But could I just lay on this mattress? I've never seen a mattress that looks like it. And the gentleman said, sure. And I said, I've never laid on anything that feels like this. So one of the things that, that I think is really important, you know, in America and maybe everybody in every country feels this way, but I know that in America, sometimes they're ready to be disappointed. I did not anticipate that mattress to feel as good and as different as it did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had probably been in the industry for about 20 years at that point, over 20 years at that point. And I said, it's just going to feel like every other 
mattress. It's not going to feel <laughs> yeah. that much different. They all do. And so, and my lord, it felt so different. And I'm like, okay, it looks different, and it feels, it feels different, different, and it is different. And there's easy to tell stories to communicate those differences. And, yeah. you know, what I call it is the rubber meat in the road. It, yeah. it just, it delivers on the promise. And I think that is, is huge. And so that leads me up to this and guys, I promise I'm going to get to 2021, but I got to do a quick commercial. This show is available as a podcast on your favorite platform. Find the links to my show on all the platforms by going to PetePrimo.com. That's P-E-T-E-P-R-I-M-E-A-U.com. I know that's a lot for the way it sounds. Imagine sending a kid to kindergarten with the name Primo. Anyway, I, I uh, got a little carried away there. <laughs> so I am so curious about this. Why did you start Posh and Lavish? And, and I have to say this, I, I have friends in this industry that I respect immensely. One of them is Jeff Giannacovo, uh of Gardner's Mattress and More in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And not only is he a big fan of, of Posh and Lavish as, as a, as a uh, product that delivers superior results to the end consumer, but he's a huge fan of you personally as a human being, which I think is important, but bigger than that. And we'll kind of save this for later, but I have to say it while I'm thinking about it. He has bought into your mission and I want you to talk about that later. Uh, the, the mission for your company, but you know, what was the initial inspiration for Posh and Lavish? I mean, you know, it's a very successful company. I, I, you know, I, I can't find a way to compete against it as a, as a mattress rep. I, you know, anybody that asks me, Pete, what should I do? I, if you can get it, if they'll sell you, put it on, it's going to make yeah. you money. But let me yeah. tell you something. They don't sell everybody. No, they no. actually understand the word partnership, which is misused in our industry. You know, a lot of times uh, vendors believe partnership is you, you do what we tell you and sit down and <laughs> shut up, right? And, and, and the dealer thinks that, hey, partnership is I just buy what I want and you know I'll just keep bringing on a hundred other brands and who cares how much business they get either. So on both sides, there's yeah. enough guilt to go around. But why did you start the company? Well, we started because when we kind of looked around, this is over five years ago, but we looked around and, and there was such an incredible opportunity in luxury. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've kind of played in, in lots of different segments of this business, or I have over the last few years, the last 20 years, really. Uh, but the idea of converting a customer to luxury is such an important thing in the business. and when we when we looked at the landscape of of luxury we we're like i don't think there's any luxury brands that are like wickedly or wildly different and and there were there were a couple of them that were really good 
But until you got to the Uber end of the marketplace, where were you talking about $20,000 beds? There weren't different platforms. And I'll go back and use that word. So yeah. we, we went out and, and tried to find what that is. And, and I'll start off by saying, you know, probably more than half of our dealers are not in ultra high income neighborhoods. So it's not a demographic thing. It literally is. If you show luxury mattresses to everybody, how many do you, how many people can you convert? And, and we actually think that's, you know, that's, a, that's as key today in, in retail as anything. If you've got that right, you thrive. If you don't have that right, it looks like you survive. And, and so a luxury strategy for people was huge. And we just said, you know what? I, I think you have to be able to have uh, something beyond mid-level of price points that everybody else sells in town. And so we set, uh, we set some core values as we started with Posh and Lavish. And the first one was, we are not gonna compete with our retailers by selling them ourselves. So we will not sell direct to consumers. Like either you're a manufacturer or a retailer, and let's just not pretend to be both because we can only be good at one thing. And we don't know retail like we know how to make things and sell things at wholesale. Uh, the second thing was we said, we're just not gonna sell online retailers. And, and it was interesting because I've had a hundred conversations with people who were like, this is the future. This is the wave of the future. And I think it is part of the future. I'm not sure it's, it's a gigantic part of the luxury future, but at the end of the day, we're saying, we're just not going to do that. That's not going to be who we are. And let's go, let's go craft a niche for people that only sell brick and mortar retailers. And lastly, we said, we're not going to, we're not going to saturate markets with retailers. I mean, we've seen that. It, I don't think it's a long, it's not a great long-term strategy for, for sure. But at the end of that whole thing, we said, we're going to be a brick and mortar brand. Uh, we don't want to be a retailer, but we want to find the best retailers that we can find. And, and we decided that we didn't want retailers to sell their hearts out, presenting our mattresses, letting customers experience them, and then have the consumer go buy something online from somebody that didn't put their heart and soul into supporting our brand. So... You know, I, I can tell you, I, I can tell you this, Kurt, I'm sorry. I always interrupt okay. people. I, you That's know, fine. you should have known that before you came on, because if you watch <laughs> any of my episodes, I interrupt everybody all the time <laughs> and I'm always very apologetic, but I keep doing it. So I apologize. But, but, uh, you know, I have to tell you this, you know, my first night, I've been at this for 39 years now. And my first nine years in the industry, I worked as a RSA on the floor selling mattresses and as a store manager who sold on the floor as well. So I know that the most disheartening thing in the world is to find a product that you really believe in. And it, it, it's, it's a beautiful product. It delivers real meaningful benefits to the consumer and you sink your teeth into it. You put your heart and your soul into it. And then they walk down the street and buy it for 50 bucks less from somebody that didn't spend any time explaining. You spent two hours of your time explaining it to them and you lost the sale and that hurts and it demoralizes and it doesn't take too much of that before you start to find out a new favorite product that you can make money on because it's not yeah. going to be that thing that you just got beat on for a few dollars. And I, I have well, to say you this. Know what's interesting, what, I mean, a brand can't have value to everyone. You know, the retailer, the retail sales associate and the consumer, 
if it's available everywhere. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Right. If you look at luxury brands specifically or great brands, they're just not available on every single corner. And, you know, to, to do luxury well, we knew that we had to do something different. We knew that we had to do something better. Uh, and as important in the Posh and Lavish story as it goes is we knew we had to have something that was easier to explain and had a different value equation than than current luxury mattresses. Because the luxury landscape for years, probably 20 years, we call a more, more, more strategy. <laughs> you know, luxury for a long time in the United States just meant more coils, more foam, more fibers, more height of the mattress. But the value equation in all of that really was, we'll give you 50% more coils, 50% more foam, 50% more fiber, but we're gonna ask you three times the price for a mattress. And, and consumers are smart, they, they look through it and, and they literally, you know, this is, a, this is a function or a question about conversion. If you give them 50% more foam and 50% more coils, can you charge them three times as much for it? Well, I think some people you can, but you can't do that for the masses. So we said, we don't think that's a great value equation. We're gonna, we're gonna start over and have different set of tenants. And our tenants were, we wanna be something that was, was better. We wanna be something that was different. We wanted something with a clear benefit that was easy to understand and something that added value. And you've done that in spades. It's uh, it's amazing the energy and the passion that uh, retailers that carry your brand have for your yeah. product. It's evident yeah, they're all on YouTube. It's evident in ev any and every conversation without exception. Everyone that I've ever talked to who is a dealer of yours loves your brand. And yeah, we love them too. Congratulations. They're amazing. We have the best retailers. I mean, we have amazing retailers. I mean, they will they will take what we do and add steps and layers onto the top of it. And you know, like we we think what we've done is really good. What they've done to make it great is incredible. Wow. You are a completely different cat than any other <laughs> owner principal of a, a company out there that I've ever met in my life. And uh, well, thank you. I got to tell you something, Kurt. This is an absolute pleasure and an honor to uh, to be here with you and 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 to hear um, some of the inside scoop of 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 what's going on with your company. Um, what do you see? Um, you know, let, let's talk about just a couple of examples of telling a story. Uh, you know, let's talk about how do you explain the difference between rubber and polyurethane that is, you know, not typical for our industry? How do yeah, you do that, that? That's a great question. Well, you know, one of the, the short things that we always start with is is we use rubber in our beds instead of polyurethane foam. And I mean, we just believe rubber is better uh, because it doesn't take a dip and it doesn't take a set. And there's lots of things that you can say about rubber, but at the end of the day, its greatest sustainable benefit is that it doesn't dip and it doesn't take sets after use. And, and our favorite analogy to tell that story is actually tires and sofa cushions because rubber tires do not take a set over time. Polyurethane foam sofa cushions do, and everybody knows that. Most everybody has a car and they all have a sofa at home and they bought new ones of each and they know what goes on. 
And, you know, it, it's pretty simple. You can park a car overnight for two months. And when you go to drive down the car down the road, the tires did not take a set. You know, they're still round. They bounce back. If you go sit on a yep. new sofa for two months, even, even, you know, some of the best sofas that you can buy, and it's a function of density of foam, nothing else. If you sit on a new sofa for two months that's made out of polyurethane foam, those cushions will soften. And, and so we look at it in terms of value and say, you know, an inch of rubber in a mattress costs approximately 10 times what an inch of polyurethane foam costs in a mattress. So if we ask a consumer to spend three times more on a mattress, a luxury mattress that uses a component that costs 10 times more, we don't think that's a hard conversation, uh, especially when length of life and, and durability is the benefit. And, and we feel the exact yeah. same way, by the way, on, on polyester fiber. Uh, we don't use polyester fiber in the top of our mattresses at all, but we use wool instead. And, and no different than, than rubber versus foam, wool is simply a better fiber than polyester is as a fiber. Uh, most people that are in our business know that you can buy carpet that's made of polyester fibers or you can buy carpet made out of wool fibers. And, you know, the whole, the whole world buys a lot of polyester carpet, but it's, not, it's just not as good wool fibers will not flatten out in a carpet and take a set. Polyester fibers do. That's why polyester fiber carpet has a traffic pattern or a wear pattern after months of use. And, and the same value equation exists. You know, wool carpet generally costs five to 10 times more than, than carpet made from polyester fiber. So, you know, not hard to ask three times more for a mattress that uses components that cost five to 10 times as much. And one of my favorite phrases is we can establish value for our goods in our industry by looking outside of our industry. So what should a mattress that's made with wool and rubber price out at versus a mattress that's made out of polyurethane foam and polyester fiber? Well, I mean, we know the components, if you, if you look at, you know, general products in the marketplace are five to 10 times as much. And, and the same thing is true for the fiber on the top of the bed, too. We use Tencel facing uh, as a fiber on our mattress ticking. We do that instead of polyester or cotton. Uh, Tencel is better than polyester fiber. Uh, again, it's a durability story. Tencel's fabrics won't break down over time and pill. And pilling is what happens when fibers break on the top of a fabric, whether it be in sheets, mattresses, or anything else. And you get those fuzzy little balls. Uh, Tencel just won't do that. And if you've ever slept on inexpensive polyester cotton blended sheets or, or just polyester sheets, you know that over time in washings that you get those little pill balls or those little fuzzy balls. And the material that's, that's on the top of, of most mattresses are the same as polyester and polyester cotton blended sheets. It's the same components. And, yeah. and if, and, you know, if, if you go, if you go look up the price of 10 cell sheets, you know, at, at Costco or in your dealership or anywhere else, you know, 10, 10 cell sheets will cost about five times more than polyester cotton sheets. And there's tons of benefits to 10 cell, but the reason why we use it is for you don't get a bunch of pilling on the top of the bed and have the mattress look old when it's not. So, you know, same thing. I'm going to go back to value equation. We're going to ask you to spend three times as much for our luxury mattress as other people's luxury mattress, but it's made with rubber that's 10 times more expensive than foam, wool that's five times more expensive than polyester fiber, and 10 cell facing, which is five times more expensive than a, you know polyester cotton blended sheets. So 
if we can do different, if we can do better, if we can do a benefit that's easy to understand, we establish a value. And we just think, you know, to answer your question at the beginning, you know, how did Posh and Lavish start? We said, we want to be a luxury mattress with a different platform. We don't want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing. We don't want more coils. We don't want more fiber. We don't want more foam. We don't want more height than the bed. We just want a completely different platform. And one of the things that I should say too, and, and we always conclude this way because there's a natural place that latex rubber mattresses end up. And that's in a green space, in an organic space, in a natural space. And in you know, the last three points that I just gave you in storytelling, we didn't have any of those in there. And, and it's not that those aren't important because there are, and it's not that there's not a mattress or there's not a market for those benefits, but the luxury market is many, 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 many times greater than what the green or organic mar market is. And so we don't build a bed with those ingredients to be green, organic, sustainable, or anything else, although it's a pretty natural mattress. At the end of the day, we build them because we want to build the best luxury mattress that we can with the best materials that are available. And we think that when you do that, you know, if you're standing on a store and, and say, why is that mattress $5,000 or why is that mattress $7,000 that a retail salesperson can say, well, let me give you just a couple examples. You know, first of all, the mattress is made out of rubber instead of polyurethane foam. Second of all, the mattress has wool in it instead of polyester fiber on top. And lastly, the mattress has tensile facing on the cover and that it's for you don't end up with little pill balls on the top of it. And that's before you ever get to things like FR. I mean, we don't use anemone, we don't use boric acid, we don't use uh, 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 fiberglass. I mean, we use nothing like that in the cover, we just use wool. But at the end of the day, the point to be repeated is, you know, we wanna build a, a luxury mattress with really great stuff that's completely different than everybody else's luxury mattress because we think the conversion rate for a retail salesperson to explain those simple benefits in terms of length of life is just so much greater. That's awesome. Thank hey, you. fellas, if you're in the industry, you just got a doctorate. Um, <laughs> you're kind. Watch this and re-watch this and watch it again. And uh, I've got to pay the bills, so I'm going to take two to three minutes to read a quick chapter out of my book, Sell a Million. Chapter 83, Differentiate or Die. Kurt, I swear I wrote this for you. You <laughs> as a it. retailer, you as a retailer should not just blindly follow the same manufacturers as your competitors. There are some really great little known products that give your store great margins and your customers a great product. Do your homework. Know all your competitors and the lines they carry. It's a lot of work, but it's work that must be done. Strive to have a store that looks different and feels different than your competitors. Most, most stores that you think are successful aren't. Go back and read that again. So don't copy them. Most stores that you think are successful aren't. So don't copy them. I'm not going to keep doing that, but I could. This <laughs> entire book is about showing up differently than your competitors in your advertising, your merchandising, your display, your sales training, your service policy, and your procedures. Find an unmet need and fill that need for your customer. 
when the Elman family sold IBC years ago, they, they left a gap, gaping hole in the industry that was never filled. Their customers called them, imploring them to come back into the mattress business. When their non-compete was up, the Elmans in 2010 came back into the mattress business. They, they more than filled that gap that no other company could fill. And the result in less than five years is Sherwood Bedden, and they are tracking for well over a hundred million in sales. And by the way, since this book was written, they were sold to Temper Sealy. So they did it again. The magic yeah, happened again. But here's the most important part of what I just read, guys, and it's the last two sentences. There is a gap in your marketplace. Find that gap and fill it. Fill it better than any other store can. And guys, yeah. I don't usually do this, but I have to do it. Can't help it. If you don't see a posh and lavish dealer in your marketplace, you pick up the phone and you call Passion Lavish right now and you get that line. Unless you're very, very low end, you should have this line. It's, it's, a, it's a great line. And not only that, it's, it's a great company. So we were just talking about some stories that retail um, salespeople can tell and communicate outside of the industry. Uh, benefits to, to, to customers. And, and that to me is huge. And you as a store owner, this is what you need to do. You need to find inspiration outside the industry too, because there's just too many people that are copying things that don't work. And that's why our industry hasn't grown the way it probably should have or could have. Um, and, and I'm going to stop beating you up on that but now i'm gonna tell our listeners a little inside scoop so i got on the phone with jeff janakovo last night who's a friend of mine and he's a customer of mine um he um he owns uh gardner's mattress and more in lancaster pennsylvania and I asked him about Kurt and he, I wanted to know something about Kurt that I didn't already know. I mean, I knew that he was credited with inventing the no flip, even though he would, you know, share that with a bunch of other people. I know that he founded Pure Latex Bliss. I know that he's a principal of Posh and Lavish. And the thing that Jeff said was that Kurt knows how to be a partner better than any other manufacturer he's ever worked with. He, he listens, uh, he is not egotistical and he truly cares about what his dealers have to say. So I just have to do this little commercial for Kurt. And I know I just did a mini one, but I'm going to do another one because I just feel strongly about this. Before you give your money to a manufacturer who tried to put you out of business and they couldn't put you out of business, so now they wanna be your partner, wake up, just seriously, wake up. Here you have in Posh and Lavish a line that is not selling any of your competitors, will not, probably when you 
call them, they probably won't sell you because there's probably somebody within, you know, a few miles and they're not going to put somebody on top of them. But if it's available, you should grab this line. I want you to tell us a story about the split head. You know, I see the commercials just like all the customers see the commercials. And every time you see a sleep number commercial, all I see is a split head. And one of the only other places I know I can get a split head is your company. But I want to hear from you where the uh, where the inspiration came from. And and I, I guess the follow up question would be, how's it going with the split head? Yeah. I, I think I know the yeah. answer talking to your dealers. Yeah, Splithead is incredible. It's it's a great it's a great product. More important, it's it probably is one of the greatest margin opportunities for a retailer right now that exists. And and it's it's not small, it's large. It's a big deal. Uh I'll I'll step back though a couple steps and tell you that split heads was not our idea. Um we really only wish we were that smart if you want to know the truth. Uh, Redmond Egart, who was a dealer of ours, called us and said to us, you know, here's what you should guys, guys should go out and do and why. And we, we thought, you know what, I, I think we've seen this on the commercial, but I'm not sure that, that we know a whole lot about it. So we went out and spent some money in marketing research and found out he was exactly right. I mean, it, it was, it was one, probably one of the greatest insights that I've ever had being in the appliance and the mattress business uh, because it was so spot on on something that was kind of invisible to the whole industry. At the end of the day, when, when we started researching this thing as a category or as a product feature, we found out Select Comfort had already completely paved the way for it. They were advertising it, they were promoting it, they were displaying multiple ones in their store. They were pitching every single customer that walked into a Select Comfort store a split head bed. They were absolutely killing it. And, you know, if, if all you do is shop mattress stores and not them, you didn't even know it. But the most, the most fascinating part of split heads is that consumers instantly got what it was and why it was important to them. If you show a customer a split head mattress, they get it in a nanosecond. I mean, no explanation is almost required, although we can give you a pretty good pitch. Uh, They'd already established the value for it. They'd already established the benefit for it. And they had this simple value equation, which was brilliant. They said a split head mattress is the same price as two twin extra longs. And it just couldn't be any simpler than that. So, you know, we went back to the, the different better value test. And if you look at a split head mattress and if you display it with the tops in different positions, uh, it just gets attention. I mean, immediately it gets attention. In fact, it gets more attention than two twin extra long sitting side by side. Uh, split heads are better because everybody loves the benefit of dual adjustability, but nobody wants to sleep in two separate beds. So split heads makes it for you have dual adjustability while you read or watch TV, but still have one bed. And the, the insight into this is awesome. People don't want to be intimate or sleep in two separate beds. I mean, this is not 1950. This is 2021, and people want to sleep in one bed, and they want to be intimate in one bed. And we always tell people, don't underestimate that, although you don't really have to talk about it because they figure it out on their own if they see it. Split head cell because of sex, because of intimacy. 
nobody wants to crack down the middle of their bed. And, you know, they all want to have a king size bed to have sex on, but they all want to sleep or have the adjustability of, of different surfaces. And so it instantly answered the question. It's one bed with two adjustable heads. And it's incredibly easy to understand. If you see it, you believe it. And it, and it really is that simple. So we, we would say, you know, it's as simple as, do you want dual adjustability? Which nobody says no to that, by the way. You have, do you want dual adjustability in your bed to watch TV, to read, to do whatever you're doing? Nobody says no. And then you say, do you want one bed to get that done? Or do you want two beds to get that done? And if it's two beds, you know, then they go buy two twin extra logs. If it's one bed, which most of the time it is, uh, that's the same price as two twin extra logs and, and they get one bed. And, and they love it and the business is great. Uh, it, it is not, it was not an easy thing to figure out. It, it took us a long time to figure out how to do it. Uh, but we make it in our entire all latex rubber collection. We make it in our latex and memory foam collection. And one of the things that we did because we wanted to be bold about it is we didn't want to only make it in king. We wanted to make it in queen and king. And, you know, the king is incredibly obvious. A lot of people would want to split head queen or king. What's interesting is probably about 20% of our business is in split head queen. And that always surprises people. So our standard issue display package today for a new retailer is a regular queen size bed sitting beside a split head queen bed sitting beside a split head king bed. And that's incredibly simple display, but the difference that it makes is over the top. One of the things that we found is it's so easy to sell split head if you show it and if you show it to a lot of people. But the other thing that's really important is if you, if you display split head queen, guess what? You sell split head queen. And, and it defies a little bit of logic for some people, but it doesn't make any difference whether it defies logic or not. It, you know, it's taken off and it's become its own, you know, brilliant thing. And like I said, I think in terms of a strategy to increase margin for most retailers, you know, it's one of the simplest things that they can do. And, and you know, most of the reason why is, is if a customer sees it and gets presented it, the chance that they get it is 99.9% .9 and the rest is history. I was going to ask you to uh, to uh, explain what a split head was, but you did. So there's uh, there's no reason to uh, ask that question anymore. I'm going to do a quick commercial. Uh, let me just take a moment to talk about Get Super Serial, my production team and sponsors of this show. Get Super Serial makes it easy for me to do this show. Years ago, I started my own podcast and I did everything. It was a lot of work. And the easiest part now is just showing up and doing the interview. The hard stuff for me was everything else. And Billy and Simon take care of everything else for me. So um, my, my show turns up instantly, like four or five days after the show on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the podcast platforms and whatever new social media comes out, they'll have me on there. And guess what? I won't have to do any of the work. So if there's anybody out there and you're thinking of, you know what? I see Pete doing this show every week. I think I could do it. And I can tell you this, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Call these guys. They make it easier for you. So just go online. 
getsupercereal.com. That's G-E-T-S-U-P-E-R, cereal, C-E-R-E-A-L.com. And, you know, book a free call with these guys and find out what Billy and Simon can do for you. And that's the end of my commercial. Did I miss anything, guys? Ah, that's cute. Get Super Cereal logo. So listen, we promised at the very top of the show that we were going to talk about trends in 2021. And we've touched on some of that stuff. But listen, you have your ear close to the uh, to, to, to the, to the road on in, in the industry, you know, what's going on. Uh, you know, this, this COVID thing was a gut punch to a lot of the dealers. They thought they were going out of business. Heck, I thought I was going out of business, Kurt. I, I said, what am I going to do now? I I've done this my whole life. What am I going to do? I, I mean, I, I really was, I had a pity party for about four or five hours and then I picked myself up and, uh, and decided that my dealers needed a, somebody to help lead them through this. And that's part of my job as a rep is to see the bigger picture and help lead. Um, so anyway, uh, we had a little bit of a gut punch. We thought we were going out of business and then it was like a, uh, bonanza. It, it was, it, it was literally, uh, so much business coming at us when we reopened that we didn't even know what to do with it. And then because of some of the things that were going on in the industry, even before COVID, but then some of the specific things that happened, uh, we had shortages and, um, Going into 2021, I think everybody's cautiously optimistic. We survived 2020 and we're hoping that that's the, the worst. Uh, and, and, and we're going to, you know, kind of uh, see a gradual easing of things. But let me just ask you, you know, you have a lot of really great dealers. One of the things that I would say about your company, Kurt, is your quality of dealer is like really well above the industry yeah. norm. The, 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 yeah, the, the, the kind of displays that these dealers have, the kind of people they are, what's important to them, how they serve their customer, they are a notch above. And yeah. so what have you learned from them and what, what do you see as the biggest trends in 2021? Well, I think, you know, as as twenty twenty one goes, I I think two thousand or twenty twenty, the last six months were amazing for luxury, and I I think for the next yeah. six months, it's probably exactly the same. I don't know exactly how you, the year is going to play out yet, but I think the first six months of twenty twenty one are going to be exactly what we saw for the last six months of twenty twenty, and that was incredible. Um, yeah. I think I think you know in terms of the retailer question. I still think the biggest trend really is a thought or a strategy that says, how do I set myself apart from brick and mortar competition? How do I set myself apart from direct consumer online competition? How do I set my part, myself apart from the other guys in town? I, yeah. I, I literally think that as a trend, that as a thought is just something that everybody has to think about every single year. And it's because things are changing. Things are changing a lot. You know, who owns what yeah. and where they are and 
you know, every single year, it, it doesn't change a little bit. It changes a lot. And, and we have, a, we have a lot of dealers. And, and to your point, we have amazing dealers. Like we have people that take care of their consumer, like nobody's business. We have people that are, they're just not afraid to show something different. They're not afraid to ask for a bigger ticket. They're not afraid to jump on, you know, we call it the split head bandwagon. But, you know, we introduced that. And the next thing you know is everybody wanted to change out a floor sample or two. Like it's just overnight because they're forward thinking people and they were looking for something that somebody else doesn't have. And they were looking for something that they could go camp in, you know, that was was different and, and can make them money. Uh, but I think the people that answer those three questions, again, those are going to be the people that, that thrive. But it is a question that has to be addressed, readdressed every single year. Uh, we all have to do something different than our competitors. I mean, if we don't, I think that life is hard. <laughs> you know, if if asking the question, you know, how do I separate myself from from other brick and mortar? How do I separate myself from you know direct to consumer? How do I set myself from online guy? If we think that's a hard question, try to compete having the same brands as everybody else does all over town and being advertised on the internet with three different deals. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a great question that has to be answered all the time, but we have to be different. Everybody has to have unique offerings, whether it's a manufacturer, whether it's a retailer, we have to have different displays and we have to have different presentations. Um, like if, if you walk into a retail store and miss that they have you know, a split head mattress, it's because it wasn't left in the right position. I mean, it, it has to be in a position that when you walk over, you're like, what is that? And the minute you exactly. get five words out of your mouth, they're like, oh, I get that. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we also have to build a different experience that's, that's best for them, for they can figure out the investment that, they, that needs to be made. The mattress business for the 20 years that I've been in it is literally an ask for business. I mean, if we show people what's, what's more expensive, and let them experience it on their own, they typically will buy better goods. And in the minute that we don't show it, the minute we don't ask for it, the minute we don't let them experience it, then, you know, not only is it a, is it a commission loss, is it a sale, you know, gross dollars loss, but it's a consumer loss too. They're not gonna have as, as good of mattress. Um, the other thing that I would say about this year is I think this is going to be a year of the mattress. And we've been saying this for the last couple months, but really in the past decade, maybe a little bit longer than that, uh, as an industry, and, and, I'll, and I'll start with, this was appropriate. As an industry, we spent so much time selling adjustable bases and mattress protectors and pillows that, that I think there's a little bit of, we've undersold the mattress too. And I'm not sure that that's true for everybody. In fact, I'm sure that it's not true for everybody. But you know, we go to, to great lengths to sell a couple pillows and to sell a mattress protector and a, an adjustable base. And there was always a mattress that could have been upgraded too. And I think because we just have less shiny objects that compete for our attention in all of these accessory spaces, that there's going to be a renewed focus on the mattress. And the reason why I think it's happening is 2020 was such a challenging year for people in terms of the availability of merchandise. and. So literally salespeople might've had 50 beds on a floor, but they might've been only able to get 12. And so you quickly get back to the thought that, you know what, if I can only get 12, those 12s are gonna be the ones that I'm gonna sell and I'll craft a story to sell those 12s because I don't have everything else. And that's what I can get. And that's what I can get in a week or two weeks. And, and I think it, 
it it made everybody realize you're like, holy cow, you know what? I, I can sell what I want to sell with the story that I want to use because I didn't have a choice in 2020. And I think as people head into 2021, I think there's still going to be, you know, uh, you know, supply chain issues. But more important than that, I think there's going to be a whole lot of people that stretch themselves to say, I, I can sell a much different, a much better, a much, you know, you fill in the blank mattress than I thought, because last year I had to, and it worked anyhow. And so I think there's an improvement of sale, salesmanship skills that happened out of raw, you know, it was just the mother of necessity. If you can't get stuff, you know, you sell the stuff that you have. And the next thing you know, is you just get better at selling and nobody would want to go repeat 2020 for what it was. But at the end of the day, Gillette learned and, and that's been big. It, it's interesting, yeah. you know, 2020 was such a, a fascinating year because in your home, you know, you, there were a whole lot more people that spent more time at home than ever. There were people that yeah. didn't take vacations that slept at home more. There were business travelers that never jumped on an airplane and went anywhere or rarely did. So they spent so much time in their home and on their floors and on their carpet and on their furniture and in their mattress. And by the way, the whole pandemic thing, I mean, there's been studies and studies written already about how people slept during the pandemic. And so you have a whole lot of people that didn't sleep well, spent more time in their home than ever before, you know, really ever before. And a whole bunch of it was on their mattress. And they were so much more open to a better mattress story this year, you know, than they ever have been. And that stretch for retail sales associates to stretch consumers to get things they wouldn't have bought or to have them invest in things that they wouldn't have bought two years ago or five years ago was very, very different. And, and I think there were huge lessons learned. And, and, you know, that's not a theory on our part. That's just listening to retail sales associates say, you know what? Like, I can't believe what I sold this year. I can't believe the tickets that I sold this year. I can't believe the customer that I saw this year. And, and it's not because they moved into a neighborhood where there were $5 million homes. It's, it literally is they were doing something different in the same store that they always that were always in and the year looked different because of it so i think you know different products larger tickets better products that's that's the outcome of all of it that's awesome so i have to uh i have to dive into this just very quickly okay so you're uh as a as a retailer you you hear this you know differentiate and so i'm going to just walk you through a couple of things really quickly and i'm not going deep into them and if you want to go deep into them call me or jump on my um my uh my website and 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 we'll talk there but think of put yourself in your customer's shoes you're a customer you haven't been in the market for 15 or 20 years even though we want you to be in the market every 8 to 12 years but you haven't been in the market for 15 or 20 years what does your customer see when they see an ad from you what does that ad make them feel when they walk into your store what do they feel when they see your display when they're greeted by your salesperson, what do they feel? Think these things through. Think through how you're gonna service the customer. Think through how the buying experience feels to your customer. 
and figure out a way to give your customer a better buying experience than your competitor and you win. And a big part of that sandwiched in between the display and the sales training is merchandising. And the gap that is on most people's floors is they do not show split heads and there's millions and millions of dollars being poured into split heads right now. And if you don't have a split head, you're missing the boat. You're, you're just absolutely missing the boat. And if you don't have rubber, a different technology that's truly better, that's chemical free, that is better a hundred different ways, you're missing the boat. So with that, our time is up. Any last words, my friend? No, I feel like I've you, known Pete. you for 20 years. No, nah, thank you. I mean, thank, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And, and, you know, as a shout out again to Redmond, to Jeff, I mean, Great these guys, are brilliant huh? guys. You know what? I mean, what, what we get to do, we get to do because of what our retailers do. And we don't forget that. We don't ever forget that. I mean, every, every single consumer buys a bed from a retail associate that works at one of the retailers that we sell. And if, and if it wasn't for retail sales associates selling our mattress or presenting our mattress today and the retailer that picked up the line, we wouldn't get a chance to do any of it. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate what you're doing too. I think this stuff is great. Thanks, Kurt. Have sure. a great vacation. Kurt came to us. Um, I found out that I encroached on his vacation. So I feel horrible about it, but thank you. Kurt. Thank you. Free time. We're great. And, and, and you know what, I, I just have to say one last thing. And I, I, I'm, I know I'm carrying on here in one minute. I have to say this, you know, Kurt's company and his partner, Steve, their company isn't just about mattresses and a great night's sleep. It's about children who are disadvantaged in poor countries who actually receive medical treatment and operations that they couldn't otherwise ever in a million years have. Some of these uh, operations are life-saving and others are life-altering. But Jeff Janakovo from Lancaster, from Lancaster at, at uh, Gardner's Mattress and More told me one of the things that him and his staff feel the best about is that they are helping uh, save and change lives. When they sell a posh and lavish mattress, they're not only changing the life of the consumer that buys it, they're changing the life of a poor child in an underdeveloped country with a medical condition that's severe and they're changing lives. So thank you for being who you are, Kurt. And thank, thank you, you for being what our industry should be all about and to, 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 to a large degree is about, but, uh, that is not something that we discussed. So if he looks a little embarrassed, I, I understand. And I'm sorry, I broadsided you with that, but That's I had to, my, my heart, well, my heart tells me I had to do that. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. And with that guys, we are saying goodbye and we'll look forward to you on the next episode. Great. Thanks again, Pete. Thank you, Kurt.